0: Everybody, welcome back this is Joni Stahl it's good to be back again today hope everybody is doing well well to begin with uh, I want to start by welcoming everybody back it's good to always have you here there's so many people uh, you know who you are that you're always here at the little green pasture and to those that are stopping by for a visit you are warmly welcome to pull up a little green patch of grass in the little green pasture. And I pray that you will be blessed. I pray everybody, all of you will be blessed with this message today, because I come to you from my heart. I I always come to you from my heart. I'm not pretentious. Um, If I don't have anything to say, I don't say it. And uh, so I like to just be my most real self to you. I mean, really, is there any other way I can't stand it when, I think by now all of us want the real thing, right? We just want us to be real with each other. I mean, why not? And um, also, I want to thank everybody who supports this ministry in prayer. I want to thank you so much for your prayers. Um, They are everything for this type of work. I mean, prayer is the work. It really is. It's it's wonderful to be able to give a message and it it's it's powerful and it feeds, but before there can be release of power, there has to be to go, there has to be going to the one who gives the power. And apart from him, we can do nothing. And that really scares me. Those words Jesus says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Why would we even try? Have you ever tried doing something without him? I don't know about you. I don't want to return <laughs> to that woodshed experience. Or experiences I've had many. Anyways, um, so uh, what else? Um, remember, I am uploading all these videos on Rumble because you just never know what's going to happen with YouTube. So, if you don't mind going over to Rumble and um, what is that? Subscribing that would be a really good thing to do. So, if you know, just keep that in your back pocket for next time you feel like doing it. So I'm going to keep this ball rolling. I'm going to pray now and I'm just going to get started. Okay. So why don't you bow your heads with me and let's go to the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and Lord, I just want to thank you. And I just want to stretch forth my hands to the Lord. I want to lift up my heart with my hands unto the Lord lord i look unto you we all look unto you as our all in all lord jesus i ask that you be with me as this is really a recording and many people will be listening to it but what am i lord but a vessel lord i'm just a, a vessel i'm an earthen vessel but praise the lord that i'm filled with it with your heavenly holy spirit that the It says, well, why don't I just say the word to you, Lord? It says that we are earthen vessels filled with the excellency of the knowledge of God. So the power may be of him and not of us. Lord, I pray that this message will glorify and honor you. I pray that you will bless my mouth and sanctify it and cast out of me everything, Lord God, that would be of myself, that would interfere with you, Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, you will speak and you will have your way. And that you will move in my heart and that living waters would flow forth out of my belly. It doesn't say from our minds, but from that that source. That is where Jesus lives by his spirit. So God, I just ask you, Lord, be be amongst your people today in this message. And bless it to the hearing of the ears. And I pray that I would decrease now. That you would increase and that you would hide me. Hide me away and hide me behind your cross. And I thank you, Father, that they will hear only you and not me to the praise of your glory and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, today I'm going to talk about the future. You know, I was thinking about that very thing because I think most of us, and I can speak for myself, and it was something I caught myself in, I thought to myself, you know, I live so much in the future, and I don't realize that I do, because I'm always looking ahead, looking ahead, looking ahead. We even have, you know, uh, you know, just our, our whole verbal uh, speech and context of how we're talking, and moving right along, and, and looking ahead, and um, daily planners, and appointments, and things we want to do tomorrow and things we want to do later today and things in a week and things in a year and things in a month. And what we want to, you know, there's people that are planning for, you know, in 10 years, I want to send my kids. I'm going to have them all in college. And, you know, in about five years, we're going to retire. We're going to have a home here and there. And it's like, I I was really thinking about how really all of us, all of us, and of course there is a human reality to us, that it's not really, I mean, there's a fine line that we're not living there, but we have to be prudent in our planning, right? It says a man will um, will plan, right? A man will make his plans, but in the end, it's the Lord who directs his steps. In other words, God says, go ahead and plan. You should plan, right? Um, but really, in the end, if you're following the Lord, um, he's he, he, He's going to step in and he's going to redirect our plans um you know the reason why i was thinking about the future is four days ago i was diagnosed with lupus and i was like lupus you know but i had been feeling so tired for so many years and i just never felt good and i just felt it like being progressive and other things i've noticed and i won't go into all of it this isn't to i don't want i'm not saying all this for attention I'm just telling you how I started to think about the future because there's a lot of people out there that have this and worse things, you know, but, um, I struggle with it. You know, I struggle with energy. I struggle with it. And if you have it, you know what I mean? Uh, praise the Lord. He's in control. Uh, but you know, it caused me to really start thinking like, well, you know, I've had colds before I've had flus before. Um, I have, I had appendicitis before I had it. Tonsillitis before I mean all the things I've had before, but I don't have them anymore. And those were things that came and went. And but this was nothing that I've ever been told, oh, uh, you tested positive for lupus. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I started really thinking, you know, it's not just old age that gets you thinking, it's when you're told something about your health. And you know me, I'm a woman of faith, so I'm not sucking into, oh no, and everything because nothing's going to happen to me without Jesus saying anything about it. And of course, you know which way my prayers are already going. I'm not saying this to point my fingers at myself, but to point to him. My whole entire purpose being here uh, twice a week, sometimes more on occasion, is to point you to him. And that is my absolute goal is to get your eyes focused on Christ, the person of Christ, because from him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I started really thinking about my future. And next thing you know, I was thinking I was seeing God's word in such a different light all of a sudden overnight. And I had total peace. Like I have total peace. When I was told that, I was like, okay. I had total peace because I know God is in control. How do I know God's in control? Do I know it because I read it? No. Well, in the beginning I did when I was younger, I'd be like, I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. But I, live. I, you know, I think when we're younger and we're going through life, we white knuckle his word through life. I was bless the Lord at all times. I will give thanks to God and everything for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. But you're white knuckling it, right? And you're not really believing it, you're trying to force your flesh to believe it. You're in terror, and there's trials and there's tribulations. You're be- you're like a tree being plucked up by the roots, you're being attacked on every side, and there's a million different scenarios and ways that are not always the devil, but it can be a million different ways, and a lot of times all at the time to- at the same time. So, I want you guys to know I have perfect peace about this. So, what I want to say is this I started to think about. The future. And in the future, I was saying, you know, Lord, um, I was saying to him, you have brought me this far. And even before I got this diagnosis, I was thinking about my future, but it was things I know the Holy Spirit was bringing up um, that were painful, but they no longer had the sting to them anymore. You know, it says the sting of death is sin, right? But, you know, bad memories are also a sting, they can they still have a sting to them, oh, you know. We get a we get a thought and we go, mm, oh, and we we feel that we remember that pain. And of course, I'm going to remember things. And of course, it's if I let myself think about it long enough, it's going to be painful. But I don't let myself go there anymore because I've I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I'm forgetting them every day. Uh, yet at the same time, when they come to my memory, I glorify God because I say, oh, Lord, but I'm not there anymore. You delivered me from my enemies that were too strong for me. Lord, you healed me when I had no way out. I, I mean, I, I was going down the list. And um, and so I said to myself. So I started to read the word as I normally do. And all of a sudden I started to read it slower than I ever did. And uh, I noticed that each word became like a sparkling gem. You know, I'm a sea glass hunter. When you live at the beach, you collect sea glass. I haven't done it in a long time, but um, it's, it's to me, they're like little treasures, you know, and I remember I have bags full of them. And, but the whole time you're looking, you're like, and you get an eye for it. And all of a sudden, it can be—you can just see a glint of something, and you're unbury it, you know. And you're like, "Ooh, look what I found!" And and I think that as we go along in life, um, that's how we learn um, to spot the treasures of Christ, how we spot Christ, how we recognize Him in rubble and ashes and uh, turmoil and storms. So. You know, I was thinking about, again, the future, and I really gave it some thought, not just some thought, but like 48 hours worth of thought. And I was thinking, you know, Jesus, everybody lives in the future, not what you have to do next week. That's not what I mean. But there's something gripping everybody, and it's fearful because we're mortal, And we know what it feels like to go without. And we know we've, especially if you've had a rough life, I've had a rough life. Some of you had a rougher life than me. But whatever you have gone through in your past shapes something in you to make you fear what tomorrow could bring. And even though for 99.9% you go, no, I'm pretty good. I, I, I know those things are past and God will take care of me. There's this little thing that's left over that goes, yeah, but you never know what can happen. It's not that you're inviting evil. It's not that you're inviting Satan. Like, I have this weakness. Come over here and destroy me once again because he's the first person we're going to, like, wham the door in his face. Like, no, we don't fall for things anymore. But, you know, in this life, we're going to go through some things, and it's going to hurt. And I don't know. I mean, I told Jesus, I said, look, I'm going to i i." You said in everything, give thanks. I thought I'm thanking him for the lupus. I'm thanking him because I thank you because I know whom it is I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And I believe, you know, and I sat there in my living room and I said, you know what, Jesus? This is after I processed it and everything. And I thought, you know what, Jesus? I said, I don't believe this is an attack from the enemy because I'll be honest with you, I don't feel the enemy at all. I know I've had this for really a lot of years. It just finally was diagnosed. Um, but so I said to the Lord, Lord, of course I want you to heal me. I want to be every whole. I want your saving health. I want to be whole every whole.' I said, but, and I said the same words like Daniel, but if not, be it known that I will not bow down. I will not bow down. You know, it says our outward man perishes one way or not. Our outward man is perishing, but our inward man is being renewed day by day. Well, we, well, we look, you know, it says that for, for, we, we account that this, this, this momentary suffering, right? These, these, uh, you know, that word that says for this light and momentary is, you know what I'm trying to say? is not worthy to the suffering, is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And, you know, God prepares us for the future. The future's never sprung on you. I was telling someone earlier today in a comment, you know, she mentioned something about, you know, because I did a, thing, a video about unless you become like little children, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. And then I thought to myself, you know, there's um, there's people that want to race to maturity, race to wisdom, race to knowledge. But, you know, they want to go to bed at five years old and wake up as a 30-year-old. And it doesn't work like that. Um, we're trees. And it takes a long time to grow a tree. But it says that we're the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And so, everything of our life must stand to glorify Him, and it does. And if it's, and if He sees a see, He sees a future we don't see, right? So, but we're trying so hard to see the future, and that's why I think so many people get messed up in eschatology because they're trying to see things that aren't there. They're trying to uh, say, "Well, this I think God is saying this," but we need to take some steps back as mortal human beings, even though we're born again and we have eternal life that we need to really humble ourselves and we need to bow down and we need to uh, remember that there is a sea of glass around his throne that even people in heaven can't even approach all the way to that throne of God. And the fact that we can even pray to God is only because of the blood Jesus shed for us. And, you know, um, I was thinking about this book I was reading on Watchman Nee And there was a section on brokenness. And uh, I looked at my, uh, what do you call it? My notes. And because there were some notes on his brokenness, on his brokenness, on by what it means to be broken. And nobody wants to hear that word. They're like broken. Are you kidding me? I've been broken my whole life. But we need to understand what that means. You know, it is the work of the cross in our life that's building us up to a future and into an eternity And, uh, you know, the first thing I want to, I just want to pause that right there. Um, you know, there are so many dry, uh, sermons that you can listen to on the future. First thing everybody wants to quote is the same scriptures everybody quotes, but they're not, they're, they're, they're quoted so many times, but without the power of God. Though I know his word is with power. It is power. But you know what I mean. I'll speak for myself. Where you go, okay, I know that scripture, but it's dead. But I think it's the Holy... No, I think the Holy Spirit has to make alive his own word. He has to breathe upon it. You know, I look at Isaiah 46.10 where it says, Declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Well... Notice he declares the end. He doesn't say I'm declaring the beginning and the ending, which is interesting because at the end, Jesus says, I am the first and I'm the last, the beginning and the ending. But he declares the end. So you will know from the beginning (laughs) that the end is already dealt with. Your future is in his hands. So is mine. And you know, we all look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith to the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Well, if He knows the end from the beginning, and He does, and He is the beginning and the ending, and we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, then we have to really, really, we have to really get quiet with ourselves and say, Who's in control, me or God? You are God. You are God. Because you're not in control any more than I am. You know, I want to see, I want to talk about Jacob in the Old Testament. You know, we all read so many stories about Jacob and there's so many things that we can get from his life. But there's a little list that I've compiled. And I want to talk about Jacob a little bit, you know, in his life. Because we saw an entire life from the time he was in his mother's womb from the time he was in his mother's womb until he died. And I have some points I wanna make about his life because we see Jacob in the Old Testament, how even in his mother's womb, he struggled with his brother, he struggled. He was subtle as an adult person. He was subtle, tricky, deceitful. In fact, that's what his name was, deceiver, supplanter. Yet his life was full of sorrows and grief. And then there was a point where he had to flee from home as a fugitive from his brother. He had nowhere to go. He was on the run. He had to flee. He fled from home. Later on, we read that for 20 years, he was cheated by Laban. But he was cheated by Laban so bad out of cattle, out of the wife he wanted to uh, He worked seven years for. He had to work seven more years. And then the wife of his heart's love died prematurely. Then the son of his love, Joseph, was sold. And then years later, Benjamin was detained in Egypt. And I saw that he was successfully dealt with by God by meeting misfortune after misfortune. And we see that really that he was stricken by God. And, you know, you might want to say stricken by God. He wasn't stricken by God. But just hold on. Just let me finish. So he was stricken by God really his whole life. And when you read about his whole life, you would say, well, then that would mean he was stricken by God his entire life. But finally, there came the end when he was old. After many such dealings from God, Jacob was the man. Jacob was transformed. He was transformed. And think about it. When he was in, uh, when he fled in the I believe it was the first night he was alone. It doesn't say it was his first night, but it was probably the first night. And he lay his head on a rock and and he saw the ladder reaching to heaven and the pre-incarnate Christ standing at the top of the ladders and angels going up and down and Jesus made a covenant with them, you know. And he woke up and he said, this is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. God was in this place and I knew it not. And in that. Um, I'm going to read a scripture from that, but I want to say this. Jacob was transformed. Oh, yeah. But here's a point I wanted to make why I brought that up. Because in that chapter. Jacob wrestled with the angel, the pre-incarnate. I think it was that same one, if not, but he did. Even while he was young, he wrestled with the pre-incarnate Christ and his name was changed from. Jacob to Israel but he was still not a changed man his name changed but he was not a changed man yet he still had to go through all those things I mentioned and more there was much more there was so much more that Jacob went through and all of it was devastating heartbreaking loss after loss after loss affliction after affliction They were nomadic. They were running here. They were running there. Remember the two sons, Simon and Levi, they went and slew all the men in Shechem. They told them to get circumcised because their sister Dinah was raped. And then they had to flee. I mean, it was one thing after another. His entire life was affliction. But after many such dealings, that man, Jacob, was transformed. And in his last few years, He really was quite transparent. You know, I wrote down what, just these couple words, what Watchman said. He said, how dignified was his answer to Pharaoh? How beautiful was his end when he worshiped on his staff? Hear that? How beautiful was his end when he worshiped on his staff? How clear were his blessings to his descendants after reading the last page of his history, we want to bow our heads and worship God in his old age. The picture is a beautiful one. And now going back to Genesis 28, 18 through 21, um, you know, after he said, this is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. God was in this place and I knew it not. I kind of feel like that's all of our born again experiences. I remember when I got saved as a little girl, I did it all by myself in my room and uh, no one was with me, but God was with me in that place. And it was now looking back, a gate of heaven and the house of God, that little room. And he was in that place and I knew it not. You know, isn't it interesting? We think, see, we just see through a glass darkly, right? Jacob, like us, we're going going about in this world. But he said, God was in this place. What place? The place of darkness, sleeping on a rock, a fugitive. He said, he was in this, God is in this place. You can say that every day of your life, God is in this place, but I do know it now. And God showed himself to Jacob and then he wrestled with him and he changed his name. But before that happened, after he heard, he said that it says in verse 18 through 21, and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed, there's five vow. He makes a vow of five requests. He says, it says, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if, and I like how he says if, because he lets God be God. He says, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat. And raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. I mean, when you really think that in a way you might go, well, God's kind of putting God to the test a little bit. But you know something? I think God appreciates it when you're frank and honest. I mean, right then he's probably thinking, where is my God? I was raised with Isaac and Rebecca. Abraham was my father, but he had to find out for himself. You understand? Jacob said, then shall the Lord be my God. There has to be a working. He knew he could not go back, but he had hope in his heart to the God of hope that we read about in Romans chapter 15. He refers, he's referred to as the God of hope by Paul. And the God of peace, but he says, "If God be will be with me," but he vowed it, and we're told by they're told in the law that you there's a penalty to that if you don't keep your vow, it's going to go bad for you. I, I believe it's death. You're not to vow a vow and not delay to keep it. So Jacob vowed a vow: if God will be with me, that's the first thing. If you will, if you will be with me. And will keep me in this way that I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. Jacob didn't know where he was going. He had no idea what his future looked like. He had opened his heart that hopefully he can come again to his father's house in peace. But he was in a place, a void place, a desert place. He didn't know what his future would be. And in that desert place, in that darkness, in that darkness, he has a dream I want to get over here right now because I want to read what it's important all of a sudden I just feel like I need to read it um so um, so I'm looking at chapter it's 32 where he wrestled with the angel And it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men has power. I'm sorry. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men has prevailed. And this was early on. He was was definitely not an old man. He had, at this time, had several children. He had two wives and uh, concubines. Or they nursemaids, not concubines. I'm sorry, you guys. They're nursemaids of whatever, the wives. I don't want to get into that. So, the point I'm making is, Jacob could not know what was going on until he lived each day of his life. But he made a vow to God. Then at the end, at the end, in Genesis 47, 9 through 10, Jacob said to Pharaoh, this was after he was brought back and he found out Joseph was alive. And he stood before Pharaoh, a man very old. We don't know how old he was, but we know he was old. He was an old man. He says the days of the years, of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Well, there you go. That's right. It says it right there. 130 years. I and mean, when you really think about that, that old man, Jacob, the fugitive, the supplanter, the liar, the man who suffered everything that we read about and more stands before the greatest enemy of the Jews that will become the greatest enemy of the Jews. And says the day, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained into the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out before Pharaoh. But the last, but what we read about Jacob Uh, Right here, I want to talk about where he's blessing his children. And he blessed Joseph. Genesis 48, 15, and 16. And he blessed Joseph. And he said, God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, did walk. The God which fed me all my life long and to this day. The angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And where did he bless them? In Egypt. And that blessing has come to pass and the fullness of that blessing is still to come. See, our years of our life we could say many of you are much older than me you could say i'm 80 I'm in my 90s you may even be a hundred or older that are watching that and you could say those words but you see when god when 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 Jacob blessed Pharaoh it was a courtesy kind of a thing he blessed him i bless you but I don't take any kind of blessing. It's like, yeah, okay, bless you. Like oh, somebody sneezes, oh, God bless you. Bless you. Or bless your heart. You're not blessing anybody. But when you say, when a man like Jacob, Israel, now, Pharaoh, of course, was a wicked man. We know how he died. But it's interesting because I look at that even in the future prophetically because we read about in, um, I believe it's Isaiah that God will make when he comes back in the second coming and there's a topographical land expansion of the original um, royal land grant to the Jews, that it will be, it will include Egypt, parts of Egypt. And um, that's why we know it says for his throne will be there, not his literal throne, his throne, his earthly throne will be in Jerusalem and Mount Zion, Uh, but his throne means his, uh, uh, well, you know, his royal land grant. So that even has a future implication. I think it's more than an implication. I believe it's for the future too. But look how he at 130 years old says he wraps up the vow. If God will be with me. And then he says in his old age, God before whom my father's Abraham and Isaac did walk God, which fed me all my life long into this day. Remember the very things he asked God to do. He's, he's speaking it over, over Joseph. You know, even before he became this man, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He didn't know it was Jesus. You know, we we have these lives. In other words, we have these lives that we're living. We don't know the future. We don't know what a day may be bring forth. We're so quick to say, "Oh well, the Lord knows the plans He has for us. Plans to, uh, you know, plans to." Um, you know, the thoughts that he thinks towards us, thoughts of peace, not of evil to give us an expected end. And we say that so fast. And he's talking about your future. And yes, the future can be scary. Even if there's no illness, it can be anything. It could be anything that can bring terror. You know, when he declares the end from the beginning, he's telling you straight up, that his counsel is going to stand in your life. Look at what it says. And I think it's um, uh, John 16, 32, where John, uh, John was saying, uh, Jesus was speaking. He was recording the words of Jesus about what the holy, the work of the Holy Spirit will do. One of the things that he does is he will show you things to come. And we have to trust God. God and there's no other way to trust him than when we're in those places and that happens throughout all the days of our life in losses and in brokenness and I'll tell you something the way of the cross is sprinkled with blood there's a sprinkled with our our own blood really because there's so many things that we get destroyed from and hurt from But it is a mighty work from the Holy Spirit. And in it, like I said, and I will only speak for myself. Yeah, I can look back at my life and say, well, you'll never believe what happened to me. You're not going to believe what happened to me then and what these people did to me. You know, the Lord, like I was saying about Jacob, about how the Lord was he like he about how Jacob was stricken by God his whole life. So are we, because God allows things to happen to us or we will never be ready for anything. You know, a lot of people are struggling right now in fear of the future. And that may be you. And I started thinking about my future and I thought, well, what if this what if that and i thought yeah well what if see god gave us a memory and i want to inject this right here i was reading in the book of daniel and i was reading in daniel chapter 9 and you know ezekiel uh uh, daniel 9 nehemiah 9 and ezra 9 are all the same and it's when they are beseeching god for the people But this one thing he said, I'm not going to, of course, read the whole thing. You could do that yourself. I just want to pick something out of it. Um, He says here, um, he talked about confusion of face. He said, oh, Lord, righteousness, it says, uh, let me start here. We have sinned and we've committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, confusion of faces. And then he goes on to say that we rebelled against him. And then he goes on to say, you know, well, there's a whole lot more. But I started to notice so many places in the Bible where it talks about forgetting about God. And when God is forgotten, that can be easily done when we're trapped in fear of the future. Because God has your future. You know, again, Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday and evermore and evermore the same but how do you know it and we're not going to know jesus is the same if everything is just going smoothly you know i said to the lord this morning i said i want to say something to you remember earlier i said if you choose not to heal me i said then that scripture came into my mind the wrath of man shalt thou restrain the remainder, uh, no, it says, the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of his wrath shalt thou restrain. And you know, I declared in my living room, I said, if you choose not to do it, I said, then this thing that I have will I'll make praise you. I will use it to glorify you. I will use it as a vehicle to glorify the name of Jesus Christ in the earth through this little earthen vessel. I will make it my aim, my ambition, and my goal, because I'm going to do everything unto Jesus Christ. I don't care what it looks like. And that is that trust that all of us have to have in Christ. You see, Everything will glorify the Lord. Everything in your life is going to glorify the Lord if you do not forget him. The moment we start to forget it, I'm not talking about falling down in pain and weakness and you can't get yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that. that's that's when a person's overwhelmed, overcome with pain, grief, sorrow, sadness. I mean, come on. Jacob said it. He said, if you do these things, then shall you be the Lord my God. Well, you know what? You're not going to scare God away. Don't be afraid. You, you know, listen, talk to God. Talk to God. Tell him. Be frank and honest with him. Don't don't let, I mean, even if it sounds scary, say it. Because the, the more radical you become and the what you really feel and what you really mean to say to him, that is the prayer. You know, all this tap dancing and sidestepping. Haven't you ever had somebody, you know, have you ever like, we've all done it too to ourselves. You know, we kind of tap dance and sidestep. Well, you know, I really want to say this. How how do I say it? Uh, I don't want to step on toes. I, I really, this is what I really want to mean, but I don't want it to come out harsh. You know, you finally people go, just say it. Say it. Right? I do that. Like, I'm like, please just say it. Then you're glad that they're finally go, all right, I hate it or whatever. I'm not happy. I'm miserable. That's the truth. And you know, when, when you have a a real, because you have a, because you're born again and because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants you to talk to him. He has your future in his hands. Your times are in his hands. If he said, you know, I, I love what it says in Jeremiah Look at what it says in Jeremiah eight. What time is it? Okay, that's good. Jeremiah. Let's go to, well, you don't have to. To can look at it later. Jeremiah 1.8. No, Jeremiah five. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You know, David said that. He got that revelation in Psalm 139. But you see, when you understand that you your life has been purchased, it's not that God, it's not like, I like what Fred Tomlinson says. He says, your born again experience is not like a bunch of, it's just like paperwork done in heaven. Then you go on and maybe he'll meet up with you along the way when you really need him. I hate to use this scenario, but I'm going to. And I know my mom, nobody knew anything back in the 60s. But I remember watching that stupid show, Bewitched. Now, I wish I never would have watched it, of course. But when you're a kid in the 60s, right? And I remember whenever they needed help, they'd say, Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay. And this guy would appear, this doctor, please help us. And he'd come up with something for them. And I think, but in a way, that's how a lot of people see God in their life, that he's a God that's not om- omnipresent, that he's not omniscient, meaning all-powerful, all-present, and so they think that, well, you know, I'm not going to bother God. Don't forget, God, Jesus Christ is seated on that throne, upholding all things by the word of his power. And your life is precious to him in his sight. I mean, I know certain people who struggle, and certain people who suffer, and they suffer horrible. They suffer bad. But they don't ever complain. I have a friend that I know, I love her, and she struggles herself, um, and she struggles a lot. Anyways, she was homeless for seven and a half months, and not one time did I ever hear her complain. She would just go, Joni, God's going to get the glory in this some way, and she was having to sleep at shelters with people that were horrible and cursing and filthiness in this place. There were times that she was so tired, she would call me, Joni, please pray for me. I'm so tired. And when she could, she'd make up a little bit of money and she'd go stay a couple nights in a hotel or whatever until one day she shared, shared with me that the Lord blessed her and he got her an apartment and she worked. She still continued to work through it all. You know, I'll tell you something. See, she didn't know what her future would be, but she went to the one who held her future. I didn't know what my future would be when I found myself moving from house to house, not knowing what would become of my life, but God knew my future. He sees a future that we cannot see. And your times are in his hands. And when you say those words, not that you have to, because the Lord God is already your God, but you can say to God Lord, if you will be with me and keep this keep me in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to to our Father's house and peace to the place you have prepared for me. I am all yours, but aren't you all your his? Aren't you all his already? Trust the Lord for your future. You've read how it ends. You know, we don't know the future. We don't know what a day may bring forth. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, neither for the clothes that you'll put on. Then he equates his creation. Notice how he always equates his creation, he equates his faithfulness to look. I feed my own birds. I feed what I create. I, I I make my sun to shine every day to keep everything growing to produce food for you to eat. You know, I love what it says in Proverbs. It says, "The hay, uh, the hay appeareth, and the tender no, the, uh, the tender grass groweth, and the hay appeareth, and the herbs of the field." Uh, are gathered together. And I thought those are three things that we have no power of. Notice how he says, The grass appeareth, uh, the, the grass groweth. We don't make the grass grow, the hay appeareth, and the herbs of the field are gathered. I want you to know today. Don't be afraid of your future. Don't be afraid of it. And you know, I've read so many stories of beautiful saints like John Hyde, Praying Hyde. And he was a powerful, mighty, mighty praying man. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like or heard anything like it before. You would do well by reading it called John Hyde, Praying Hyde. Um, he, he prayed and prayed and he died from... I think he had a tumor. I think he had a tumor in his. He died from cancer. Um, many people die, had died back then, but you know, we all got to die from something, right? Unless the rapture happens. But you know what? I love that story that Moody said. He said that he was not a man to dream dreams. I said it before, I want to say it again. He said he was not a man that dreamed dreams, he never paid attention to dreams. But he said he had a dream one night, and he dreamed that he saw Jesus. He said it was quiet. Not one word was spoken. It was totally silent. And he said Jesus came for him, and he found himself being led by Jesus to a gate. Um, And Jesus stood in front of him, and the gate was over here. And he looked past the gate, and he saw that it was a cemetery. And then he looked back at the face of Jesus, but he said, Jesus gave him that look like I'll be with you all the way to the end. Like I'm showing you what's going to happen soon. You know, I'm with you. And uh, his parting was at, his, his parting was glorious. As he was transitioning, he said, I see Dwight and Irene. He saw them in heaven as he was entering in. What a future we have. What a beautiful future you have. Don't be afraid of your future. And don't let the past and the shadows of it overwhelm you. They're just shadows. Like C.S. Lewis called it, the shadow land. And where we're going is the land, where a city that hath no need of the sun to shine in it. For the Lord is its glory and he will shine in it. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Amen. Don't be afraid of your future. Your future is in the hands of the God of all creation who loved you and died for you. He gave himself for you so that you will have a future with him forever. World without end.